Welcome to the Willingdon On Mission Podcast, a place where you can hear stories of how God is working and consider how He might be calling you to engage in His mission. You can find other episodes online at willingdon.org. Now, here's our host, John Best. Well, welcome to the Willingdon on Mission podcast. My name is John Best. I'm one of the pastors at Willingdon Church. I'm sitting with Jim Cunningham today. Jim and Rita are long-term missionaries that Willingdon are excited to support. And uh, Jim and Rita have a long history of serving here at Willingdon and around the world. Just in the past couple of years, they've entered a new season of ministry. So welcome here, Jim. Thank you. Good to be with you. You've started in the last couple of years an organization called Go Teach Global Society. Can you tell us what you do and give us a little biographical sketch of how you got here? Okay, thanks for the invite. And the quick background is that I've been involved in teaching, I guess, for my whole life. My career started as a grade six elementary school teacher back when the earth was cooling around 1963 at the ripe old age of 20. Uh, Then at 21, I committed my life to Christ and realized I needed some knowledge of the scriptures. So I resigned from teaching and went to London College of Bible and Missions, now called Tyndale University College in Toronto, Ontario. I met Rita, who was in nurses training in Toronto, and we married back in 1967, July 1st, Canada's centennial year. So, John, we just celebrated our 50th anniversary. Hey, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. And from there, in 68, we moved to Vancouver, where I became the BC Alberta Director, Director for Christian Service Brigade. And I spent 10 years in a very fulfilling ministry training men across North America who were working with boys in local churches. That uh, captured my interest in teaching adults, so I went back to university in Chicago, then into Jerusalem, Finally graduated with my doctorate in adult education from the University of Toronto back in the 1980s. From there, the Lord brought us to Trinity Western University. And from this base in Langley, I have worked alongside a variety of missions, opened doors with Brother Andrew, the English Language Institute of China, and Wycliffe Bible Translators. So you could say my whole life has been connected to ministry, missions, and teaching adults. The Lord has opened opportunities for me to teach overseas in many occasions. Sometimes I teach alone in an academic university setting in a seminary in Malaysia, Indonesia. Sometimes I'm with a small group in a remote campsite far removed from the unfriendly eyes of those who don't agree with the teachings of Jesus Christ, such as countries as Iraq and Yemen and a few countries that end with Stan. So, John, when I retired from teaching at CanIL, Wycliffe's Training Institute out at Trinity Western, I was asked, what's your passion in retirement? It's a good question for people retiring to ask. What would you like to do most? Um, Rather than some options, I said, I'd like to train trainers, teach teachers, and disciple adult educators. So a few friends gathered around me as board members and financial partners, and we formed a not-for-profit society in 2016 called Go Teach Global, which means literally go and teach globally, and that's what we're doing. Thanks so much for that that great glimpse. The Lord has taken you on an incredible journey, it Mm. sounds like, and he still is. And uh, you said that you taught in over 100 settings around the world. Over 100 times, yeah. Over 100 locations I've been involved in teaching, whether in seminaries or in conferences or in uh, 
even in some isolated areas. Yep. Wow. So you, you and Rita were recently on a trip to Africa, yes. ministry trip. Can you just yep. give us a glimpse of, of some of that trip? Okay. Three, three main African countries. First was Tanzania. That was a beyond belief trip, I call it. We had 540 pastors gathered for a week from 16 countries in Africa, 31 seminaries, and 50 denominations. And <clears throat> excuse me, I had uh, I had 50 participants for three days for a total of six hours on the topic of peace and reconciliation for tra- community transformation. One of the per- participants in my class was the bishop for the Christian Reformed Church for South Sudan. And that has led to a request to come there next year to uh, bring a team for a trauma healing team and, and others that could be part of it. So that's a prayer request for those who are listening today to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Pray for South Sudan. It desperately needs prayer. Then we went to Kenya, which was an amazing time. We met with Somali Christians who were developing curriculum called Loving Our Neighbor on How to Reach Somali Muslims for Jesus Christ. I spoke also at a deliverance church in Nairobi, and deliverances of churches are a little different <laughs> than Wellington Mennonite Brethren, but we had a great time with those folks. And then Reed ended up spending time with the women of the church in a meeting and me with the men, talking about the roles of men in uh, the home and in the leadership. Then into Ethiopia, which was again uh, surreal for me because in Ethiopia, I spoke at a graduation for Ethiopian Orthodox priests <laughs> who have completed our Willingdon School of the Bible curriculum to a certificate level. Well, that's so, a, let me just comment there. That's interesting. One, one of the things that listeners might not know is that, that Willingdon School of, of the Bible has actually been uh, translated into several languages and yep. has been, u- yep. been used to to train pastors who don't have easy access around the world to theological education. Exactly. And some of the Orthodox priests, uh, interesting, they, they study how to be a priest, but they do not study the Bible. So they wanted to know more about the scriptures and what's actually in the Bible. And then we ended up spending uh, 10 nights up in Jerusalem where we used to live and, visit, and stayed there for that t- period of time. And the Lord allowed us during that time to broker, I call it broker, a 40-year friendship with Bashara Awad, who's the president of the Bethlehem Bible College, and Aten Israeli, who is uh, my mentor when I lived there in 79-80. And they met for the first time in 40 years in Bethlehem. We had lunch together, toured the Church of the Nativity together, went to Shepherd's Field, and the result was Bashara said the Arab-Israeli conflict must be resolved by those who live in the land. So I'm praying for the peace of Jerusalem and Bethlehem and Rehovot that these brothers will get together or these two will get together um, and become instruments in bringing peace to the Middle East in that region. Mm. Thanks. Thanks for that glimpse. I heard Mm -hmm. the word is out (laughs) that that you received an award recently at Tyndale Seminary. What? Tell us a little bit about that. Congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. It's a somewhat humbling honor. On September 30th, Tyndale Seminary at their alumni meetings, they presented me with a Distinguished Alumni Award for 2017 for Global Impact. They brought Rita and me to Toronto, hosted us for four nights at the seminary and gave us a royal reception at the alumni meetings. And one author once said, young men want power, middle-aged men want prestige, and old men want honor. So, John, I guess the old man just got a little honor. And God gets the glory, because it, it was a great to be a part of the Tyndale team and Tyndale family. Oh, that's wonderful. Congratulations. 
Can you just tell us a couple more stories of how God has used this ministry over the years? Well, I think some of the stories include pieces that go back even before Go Teach Global, because for the last uh, 20 years, I've been involved with Open Doors and teaching a course called Theology of Persecution and Discipleship, which is, we call it TOPED. And uh, I have been sent overseas to teach that in many places. We've taught it out at Acts Seminary in Canada here as well. And as I, as I get older, I have to say one of the advantages of getting older is you get to see the results of events in your own lifetime. So for, let me give you an example. I told them I need to train someone to take over because I can't keep teaching these courses forever and ever. I need to, after I'm gone, there has to be people ready to teach it. So they brought me into a seminary in, in Malaysia where I had four hand-picked faculty sit in the class with me for a week as regular students. They sat in and uh, as observers. I taught every day and we had meals and time together with the faculty each night. Then they brought me back another week with my co-teacher, Paul Esterbrooks, and we spent uh, a whole week going through lesson plans, learning outcomes, how to teach adults, all the various things to make the course effective, right? Then they, these four, went out and taught the course in other seminaries across Malaysia. So for me, that's kind of a 2 Timothy 2.2 2, uh, verse where you, the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, go and teach reliable men who shall train others also. That's one of my greatest joys is teaching others to teach others. So that's a number, that would be one story. A second story I would give you is from uh, this past trip to Kenya. Reed and I were sitting in a room with the Somali Christians who were developing curriculum. And the leader, let's call him Peter, he said uh, he, had, he had been in my class for a week, a, two years before, studying the text, The Art of Education, a Biblical Approach to Training, Teaching, and Discipling Adults. So Rita listened to the dialogue, and she said to me afterwards, he's got it. He's got it. He, he, he's got the concept of teaching, of developing curriculum for teaching adults. And the teaching methods he's telling them are the ones that you taught him before. So I found that very encouraging that I'm teaching him, he's now teaching Somalis and it's being carried on. So that's a, that would be a, a sort of a second illustration in my mind of, of what has been a blessing or an, how God used the ministry. Have you got time for one more? Uh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> we do. Thanks. Okay, in every, in, every, um, in every class or every trip, there's usually one student or one person with whom you form a very warm friendship. Ethiopia, about five years ago, I had a, a participant named Andy and with a group of 25 participants. We studied together for a week on how to teach uh, adults. He asked me at the end to come to his home, and Rita, Rita was with me on that trip, and he wanted me to meet his wife and see his ministry. And on our last day in Addis, we went to his house and we heard a story. Andy had been a priest in the Ethiopian Orthodox Church, became a committed follower of Jesus Christ and decided that he was going to leave the church because he didn't feel comfortable there. And he did. And when he left, he met his wife and discovered, I shouldn't say his wife, <laughs> he met a woman who was single. And the woman who was single was, had been a nun in the Orthodox Church. So they fell in love, got married, short story. And then they said after they were married, they said, well, now what are we going to do? Well, you were a nun and I was a priest and now we're both unemployed and you know, we, don't have a, we don't have a job, we, we've got to do something. Well, 
they looked at each other and he said, I know other priests in the, in the Orthodox Church who would love to study Scripture. She says, well, I know nuns that would love to study Scripture. So they got all excited about this. And they said, well, why don't we invite a few priests to our house and we'll teach them the Bible. Okay, so they did. They invited them into their home. She fed them and looked after them and taught them and they stayed overnight and uh, began studying the Scriptures. And they would do this for about five days at a time. They'd go back to their seminaries, wherever they were studying. And um, then they would bring in some nuns and do the same thing over and over again. Um, I could ask you to guess how many priests and nuns they've had in their home in the last 20 years. (laughs) But uh, if you did uh, any number less than 600, you'd be low. Wow. So they have had, in, in 20 years, they average about 30 a year that they bring into their home and they were training them. So he then uh, looked at me and he said, do you have any Bible curriculum I can use in my teaching? And one of the pastors here at Willingdon arranged for us to use the Willingdon School of the Bible curriculum, which we gave to Andy, uh, gave it to Open Doors in Africa. They, they got it through to Andy. And this year, 2017, I went to Addis and he had me speak to a graduation class of 10 Ethiopian Orthodox priests who have gone through the certificate level of the Willingdon School of the Bible. So you could say one man had one vision, we had one connection, and out comes one blessing. I mean, we've just had a great time with this one. So that's kind of a, another example of how God has used uh, the ministry to arrange for people to be trained and taught and blessed, so to speak. So Jim, you're an adult educator. Yeah. How did you discover this? And what advice might you have for young adults specifically who are trying to clarify direction in their lives? Now I have, this is where I haven't cleared what I'm about to say theologically with any of your pastors or your team, but my simple response is follow your gifting Uh, don't try to be something that somebody else is. Don't try to be what your grandfather was or your father and who said that someday you should do the same thing I do. I knew early in life that I was not skilled at certain tasks. My father was an accountant. I did not have any interest in numbers, okay? Um, I was not interested in physical skills like mechanics or buildings. I knew that my biggest area was in working with people. I loved working with people. I loved teaching. Now, I have to tell you, the fact that I wasn't interested in mechanics or f- fixing things is still Rita Shurgin. Um She, after 50 years, would still like, she still has a list of things that need fixing. But, um, <laughs> but I love working with people and I love teaching. So you might say I followed my passion and pursued becoming the best teacher I could with God's help. That's why I went back and studied how to teach adults and improve in that area. But I would like to give a word of caution to anyone listening to this who's trying to get clarity in your life. Um, And this comes from, I guess, 50 years down the trail. Uh, Be prepared uh, that in whatever you succeed in your doing, be prepared for failure. Um, Failure is part of life. You can't always be on the winning team. You can't always um, succeed in everything you try to do. And sometimes there are more life lessons to be learned in a defeat than there is in a success. I could say Joshua discovered that in AI. He'd had a great success in Jericho and then a few days later found out that if you don't do things the right way according to God's will and God's plan and God's timing, uh, you can be out of step and experience a failure. 
and I've had a few of those. Um, and we're not, we're not going to take time in this podcast <laughs> to say the, the failures in the life of Jim Cunningham. But the other factor that happens is be aware that whenever you are successful, you will generate a certain degree of envy and jealousy by others who could only wish to do some of the things that they've seen you do successfully, whatever area that is. Uh, so they may feel fret, uh, threatened by your presence, even in what you're doing or what, you're, what you've achieved. So don't worry. I would say follow the Lord's uh, leading and be obedient to him and let the Holy Spirit deal with the critics. Mm, thanks. Yeah, that's helpful <laughs> wisdom. What are some ways that we can pray for you and for Rita? <laughs> that is the question that uh, I just spoke here at the um, Willingdon New Horizons group. And I told them that when we go overseas to teach, we ask people to pray for wisdom and energy and health and safety, and they do, and we're very grateful for that. But um, when you come home from Africa, uh, sometimes uh, people forget to keep praying. For example, when we went to Africa for four weeks, we had a, what I call the perfect trip. No problems, nothing lost, nothing stolen, nothing late. It was just a great trip. Get back home and Rita's computer goes absolutely dead and all the backups wouldn't work and Apple couldn't make anything work. She lost everything off her computer. Okay, that's, that's a minor thing on a scale of 1 to 10. It's, it's a physical thing. Then we go for a drive one day. We stop up on Mount Baker to pick some huckleberries and she steps in a wasp nest and gets covered in wasp things, which she never got in Africa. But in Mount Baker, she got a dose of them. On, so she had that. And then just Thanksgiving Monday, she was watering some new plants on a ledge. It's about a foot high. She slips, falls backward, and hits her head on the back, back of her head on the neighbor's driveway. And she has a concussion, stitches, and all the rest of it, which I'm very grateful that nothing happened. But the reason for telling this story is people pray for us when we travel overseas to Africa or Asia, wherever we go, and I say blessings on you for that. <laughs> but some of them say, as one woman at the New Horizon said to me after, she said, Jim, that's exactly what I did. I looked at my calendar and it said, September, they're home from Africa. I don't need to pray for Jim and Rita anymore. They're back in Canada. Well, being back in Canada, we had more things go wrong back in Canada than we did in Africa, so to speak. So we have an enemy that would like to to shut us down and change the name of the ministry from Go Teach Globally to No Teach Globally. <laughs> and uh, he'll do it any way he can. If he can't get uh, through to me, he'll try to get through to Rita. He'll try to get through to family, whatever. So prayers are definitely a powerful part of keeping the ministry alive and well. So I just thank you for letting me share this with, uh, with your listeners to keep them praying for missions at Willingdon. Thank you. So one, one tangible point of response for you listeners uh, is, could you spend a moment praying for Jim and Rita as soon as this thing ends, which is yep. in a minute or two. So <laughs> would, you, would you spend some time praying for Jim and Rita Cunningham? Thank you. Uh, that would be time well spent. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks for giving us this glimpse into your life, into how the Lord has chosen to gift you and use you and you. how you've been living out your unique calling in life. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Willingdon On Mission Podcast. We hope you have been inspired by your time with us today. To learn more about Willingdon's outreach ministries or to hear more episodes of this podcast, find us online at willingdon.org.